It's 11 minutes after 8 p.m. You tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, we uh, continue as uh, we uh, waited out uh, just a few more hours, uh, just over uh, about uh, three hours or so uh, before the uh, nation goes into a 21-day uh, lockdown uh, in response to the uh, novel uh, uh, COVID-19, novel coronavirus. I'd love to hear your perspectives. Uh, many of you might be feeling very uncertain, feeling quite anxious. Uh, you might have uh, gone earlier on today uh, to go and get some last-minute buys, uh, you know, what is it about that that uh, certainly unsettled you? I, I had an opportunity to uh, uh, do some last-minute buying uh, earlier on this afternoon, and I must tell you, it was probably one of the most unpleasant experiences I've had in the last while. Very, very unpleasant. Um, uh, you know, talk about social distancing, but then you go into one of our retailers over the last day or so, and that is practically impossible. Um, not to say, of course, uh, how little one would find on the shelves. And uh, I had an opportunity to speak to many of the uh, tellers today. And how many of the trucks had come through to deliver might uh, be anything from, uh, you know, uh, liquor right through to uh, uh, day-to-day food supplies. And uh, in at least two of the three retailers I went to, uh, I, I was told that uh, supply trucks had come more than twice in the day. Now, that should speak volumes about the surge in demand that we have. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the context of uh, deliveries being dropped off uh, maybe once a day and uh, or maybe sort of twice a day now uh, happening uh, three or more times uh, a day. I'd love to hear your perspectives. Do share those with us. Give us a ring 089-110-3377, 089-110-3377. We're going to be uh, taking a look at uh, the psychosocial impacts of uh, the isolation that comes with the lockdown, the social distancing, uh, because indeed, as uh, people, we are social uh, creatures and social beings. And uh, what happens uh, in a context like this, and more importantly, how best do we manage uh, the anxiety and uncertainty and some of the so- psychosocial issues uh, that come with the isolation uh, that is part and parcel of this lockdown? Tabang Tlaka joins me now on the line, clinical psychologist. Good evening to you, uh, Tabang, and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Uh, good evening, Ayabong, and all the Metro FM listeners. Tabang, let's maybe start off here. Uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, I was trying to paint a picture here of how uncharacteristic the behavior of many South Africans has been over the last day or so. And that uh, quick step change in behaviors in the context that we have. And of course, uh, uh, a lot of people being uncertain, anxious and scared about the spread of this can have uh, uh, widespread psychosocial impacts. Uh, what are some of those that you've been able to observe and that uh, many of us should anticipate as we go into this lockdown in the next few hours? Um, you know, many of us South Africans uh, haven't actually been here, so at least our generation hasn't faced something like this before. So it is understandable that people might panic, that the anxiety levels might be up and, and, and sorry. Because people are worried about things like, I mean, will we have enough food? Uh, will I be able to cope? Um, people are worried about work. So there's a lot of uncertainty because this is uh, uncharted territory. And so people don't know exactly how to respond to it. So we haven't been trained. So that's why we see, I suppose, the, the panic buying. So we see questions about then how whether we'll cope, whether we'll fight, whether there'll be abuse in the house. So a lot of people are wondering how is this actually going to happen. But it is understandable because it's something new for all of us and we are all learning together. Mm-hmm. What about this moment would trigger feelings of anxiety or 
maybe any other underlying uh, psychosocial conditions that people might have. Uh, what about this moment? What about the restrictions in mobility and I guess in how we uh, undertake our day-to-day lives? Uh, what about those changes makes uh, this particular moment, I guess, uh, not only a trigger, but uh, maybe one where these kind of feelings and emotions would peak? Yes, because, um, you know, human beings, what allows us to go from day to day is that we've got a certain routine, our brains have a certain schema. We understand how the week generally goes, how the day generally goes. You, you have a certain pattern that you, you usually follow. And that usually allows you to calm down, allows you to plan. Now, you find yourself in a situation where you have to be isolated. So that's something new for you. And so that that that's triggering in the sense that you don't know exactly how you will cope, how will you cope with morning, with your afternoons, with your evenings, how will you cope um, with your the relationships, uh, will you cope um, just being in a secret space, will you cope with the resources. So the fact that this is uncertain and this is new for us and we don't, we haven't had this drill. You see, if we had a drill before, we had drills about how to go into quarantine, social distance. So if we had that sort of experience, we'd, we'd cope well with it. But because it's new, this is very triggering for us. But I do imagine that as the days go by, people are going to surprise themselves. Um, they're going to surprise themselves in the sense that you'll be able to find things to do. Um, the nerves will be settled. And it's anxiety-provoking now. But as people start getting into a routine, I think people will settle mm. down a bit. Mm, no, definitely. And uh, yeah, if you just joined us, uh, you tuned into Metro FM Talk here. I'm in conversation with Tabang Klaka. We're speaking about uh, the psychosocial dimensions of this lockdown and how we go about surviving this lockdown. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, do share with us some of your own experiences and some of the uh, things that are certainly unsettling settling you at this point in time. It might be uh, anxiety emerging from your experiences and seeing uh, uh, hordes of panic buying in many of our retailers, it might be something entirely different. I mean, the uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, you, you have no right to leave your home for the next 21 days or so. Um, and uh, it's certainly very uncharacteristic of how, as people, we live our lives. And that's certainly going to have a very disruptive impact on uh, the psychosocial dimensions on uh, many of our host households. But Tabang, I guess the other dimension here is, is, is this an opportunity for families uh, who... Uh, because of the rigors of the workplace and uh, the demands of that are sometimes unable to spend uh, uh, adequate time with each other. Is this an opportunity now, uh, you know, to bond and to be able to, uh, uh, you know, break through, uh, I guess, uh, some of the difficulties that come with uh, not being able to engage um, as frequently as one would like because of work and other obligations? Certainly, um, and you know, you, it, it, there's a lot of ambivalent feelings. Other people, they see this a traumatic time, but certainly some people, some relationships are going to be mended because for the first time, people are actually going to get uh, to sit down, get to sit down and talk to their spouses, reconnect, rekindle that fire, talk about important things. Um, and for the first time, people are going to have to sit with their children and interact with their children. People are going to have to sit with themselves think about who they are and what really matters now because the situation allows us to reflect on what, what priorities are. So I do believe that there will be some benefit in the sense that people, the time has slowed down, which will allow us to uh, reconnect with something. And the other part is that maybe some, some issues that haven't been dealt with, some difficult situations mm. might come up yes. and people might be worried about how they're going to address those. 
talking about those difficult situations, I mean, I, I remember having a conversation uh, with uh, rural, uh, uh, Russell Rensberg from the Rural Health Advocacy Project. And one of the things he was talking to, I guess, I- in the same vein as these tough and difficult conversations that you refer to, is the prospect of much higher levels of uh, uh, gender-based violence and violence against children uh, during this period. Um, you know, certainly from your own observations, uh, do you get a sense that uh, we, that might happen and that we ought to anticipate that? And if so, how do we respond? We do know that when people are in uh, confined spaces, there might be some irritations, you know, struggle with cabin fever, people struggle to be in small spaces and how they relate. But the other things that compound gender-based violence is things like alcohol. Um, when people drink, uh, then people then tend to abuse. We do also find that when those are limited, then the violence is also reduced. So we will see a picture of it. We'll see a flaring up of, of some sort of arguments, difficulties, and it's wonderful that the government has given, I suppose, numbers that people can call. But I, I do also expect that the fights we expect, what we think will happen, won't necessarily happen in that sense, because there are other contributing sectors, uh, like the fact that somebody went out, they went drinking, uh, because a lot of people who are abused um, are not necessarily sober at that point. There's some level that alcohol plays in that. So if you're in a home where perhaps somebody's drinking, then that might be a bit of a problem. But the fact that people can't go out, come back late, um, stab each other, uh, get in accidents, so that might help families and might help people actually get to face real issues in in a civil and orderly way. Okay, and uh, I guess, you know, in that vein, uh, because I think the picture that you're trying to paint is that there is potential vulnerability to one risk, which might be on the GBV side of things, uh, as we've seen when people are confined to a space. Uh, but then on the other side, there's also the potential of uh, probably not hearing the assorted news that often comes from the end of a weekend where people have been stabbed and, uh, you know, uh, uh, shot and arrested and all manner of other things. Just before we let you go, Tabang, I mean, if, if there's any message you would have uh, to any of uh, our listeners here who might be uh, battling with the... Uh, you know, uh, all the uncertainty and the anxiety that comes with uh, a moment like this, which is uh, certainly unprecedented for many of us uh, in our generation. What would that message be? Um, You know, uh, a lockdown is there for a specific reason. We are being locked down because if we don't do something, potentially worse will happen, which is that the infection might rise, people might not have hospitals to go to, and people might die. So it's a being at home lockdown for 21 days, there's the potential situations where hundreds of thousands of people could die. So we need to think about that. Yes, um, we sacrifice a couple of days, but it is a good thing because it's for a good cause. So if we can pull together, uh, try to remain calm, get the facts, do what we need to do so that as a, as a country, as a world, we can survive together. So we are helping each other by doing this lockdown. It's not a form of punishment, we're doing this because we want to help. And I think if our minds can shift that, that we're doing this as a, love, as a loving act uh, to, to help people survive, I think we might then cope with it a bit better. Awesome stuff. Thank you very much, Tabang. Really appreciate uh, you coming on uh, the show this evening and sharing some of your insights with us. Uh, Tabang Klaka, uh, a clinical psychologist, uh, joining us there on the line. I'd love to hear your perspectives and, of course, how all of us are feeling this evening. Give us a ring, 089-110-3377. Let's take this brief break. On the other side, we catch up with the Armed Forces, South African National Defense Force, and uh, they've made it clear there's no scope, skit, or any D happening.